This is Pastor Latanya, affectionately known as Pastor Tan. It has been a lot going on for our nation as well as around the world. I have been so confound and starting to understand and try to comprehend what is being able to go on. Um, we have a lot that we need to address. And I mean, I cannot begin to tell you how I feel. As well as some of you may may feel concerned, you know, um, some of us may feel stressed or some of us might feel a little bit lonely or like confounded, like really baffled. But I'm asking you to turn yourself towards God and towards his son and the Holy Spirit to comfort you on today. I don't know who this is for, but I just want to put out there to you. Peace be still. Through it all, God has been able to sit here and be in our nation. So prayers for our nation on today in the United States. Prayers for us as far as what's going on in our nation and what's going on and starting to expose things that's going on that were corrupt and also expose some things that were going on that we did not know. And for as a nation, you know, we need to be praying about the people that are in the Senate and in the legislative and in the judiciary. And also, you know, to pray for the ones that need to be in office to be in office. And if they need to be removed, they need to be removed. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. We as a nation, through it all, we have so many things going on. But we need to place our trust and our hopes in God and not on this world. But to be able to be honest with you, place it in God's hands. Everything that's been going on, bills are due, um, things that are coming up, um, just different things. Place it in God's hands and let him take care of it. Also, I want to say this also, please, um, for everybody that is a child and a woman of God. And even if you're not, you know, we need to be praying and we need to, um, honestly, if you are a child of God, remain in God. And if you're not a child of God, you need to be able to be getting on your hands and knees and asking for forgiveness and letting God into your life. I mean, immediately, because there are things that are going to come up that, is already unfolding for us that we need to be able to know who God is on today. Not just know him, but get it into our hearts and our minds. Live it. Because if you don't live it, it's going to become so much harder as the woes are coming in, as so many different things are coming in wave after wave, you are going to start seeing some things come in and they're not right. There are more men man ordained than God ordained. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. People are doing things that should not be. And they're letting the key elements, which is Satan behind Satan. uh, His key elements are trying to come in and infiltrate all the things in the United States, all the things around the world. So you need to be praying for your respective people, wherever you are located, 
have God in your house, have God in your life, in your children, in your marriage, in your finances, everything that you have, let God be the head of everything. And I'm going to say this like I mean it for your health. I haven't been talking about this, but this has been able to come ahead a lot more so than in anything else. I've had, you know, a situation where I had to honestly sit there and pray for someone that I really do think and consider and care for because they're suffering from so much stress. And we as a people, we need to be able to go to someone that they can be able to sit there and have a confidant, someone that you can honestly sit down and talk to about your concerns, your anxiety, your stress, your things that's going on in your marriage, to your singleness, to your children, to just finances. I mean, even towards the job placement to just being and sometimes even the the children or your relationship you know inside of all the different relationships you have whether it's with your parents or you know with your aunts or siblings people need to be able to sit there and talk to you without repercussions let me say that one more time for the people in the back there are so many times where people cannot find people that are of God, that can be able to withhold their tongue and be able to sit there and honestly have a good conversation and know that whatever they told you, you take it to God, you pray about it with them. At that moment, stop and pause because sometimes people need to hear you say, hey, even if you don't have that minute right then and there, and say, look, I got, give me a minute, give me five minutes, I'll be right with you. And I'm just telling you, it makes a world of difference. Let me say that one more time. If people would sit there and honestly have a good conversation, and that is why so many times I've seen in my lifetime where strangers will come up to me and release all of their frustrations through sales or through different uh, job employments where I've been at, well, they will release all that stress, strain, hurt, under misunderstandings, all of that on someone who is a stranger rather than someone they know familiar because they believe they're not going to meet that stranger all oh, but so many times. But it's becoming hard to know who to trust and who not to trust. So take it to God first and then, you know, through prayer, and if you need to talk to someone, have a confidant, have someone that you love and you trust, and you know that God has been able to, you know, have the conversation to be sound. And I'm going to say this for myself. I've made the mistakes of opening up things to other people that should not be. And I went back and I told the person, I'm sorry. But instead of them accepting my apology, they wanted to sit there and get back at me. And to me personally, I deserve to, you know, the apology. Yes. But at the same exact time, I had to honestly sit there and tell myself, you know what? I did that's wrong and I went back and I apologized. Now, if the person did accept my genuine apology, then I had to live with that. But also at the same exact time, you have to learn how to apologize 
to yourself for yourself. Let me say that one more time. Let me let me clarify what I'm saying. You have to accept and forgive yourself for sometimes the things that you don't realize that you've done, whether it was damaging, whether it was hurtful, and sometimes your intent wasn't meant to be ill-intented, but it may have come off like that. So you have to genuinely go back and apologize to that person. But also at the same time, forgive yourself because we make so many different mistakes, but making sure that it's a mistake and not intentional. And and that's some things that we have to be able to start realizing that we make mistakes, but we don't go. We have to go back and talk to the individual. Now, if the individual is going to be mean or try to be vindictive, then you need to talk to God and tell them, you know, God, do I, you know, cut ties? Do I? And then God will instruct you. And if that some people are so, what is it, ill-mannered or ill-willed towards you because they are starting to see that you're becoming more and more like God and you are sincerely sorry. And there's a difference between being genuinely, you know, genuinely sorry for what you have done and then manipulating the whole entire situation. And I've seen that. And I think that people need to understand that your mental health is very important in this time, in this in this season. If the person and I had to, like I said before, I had to stop getting off the phone with certain people because it wasn't benefiting me. But what I start realizing is that once I start doing that and start talking to God more, my benefits outweighed all of my liabilities. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. The benefits of talking to God, you know, that conversation is not going to anyone else. You know that whatever you and God do during your time with him and he's talking to you and you're talking to him, the dialogue becomes more and more uh, profound. You start learning his his voice. You start picking up the things that you need to pick up. You start healing, hearing from the Holy Spirit and healing from some of the situations that you've been through. And then at the same exact time, you start realizing that certain times of situations you put yourself into and there's where discernment God, you know, the Holy Spirit gives you discernment and what's right and what's wrong and who is supposed to be around and who's not to be around. And, you know, I was able to this week to to minister to, you know, three individuals and. I was just thinking because now here in South Korea, they are celebrating uh, Chuseok, which is their Thanksgiving, which they go to their places of birth with their family members and they go and they, you know, have, you know, spend time with them, food and, you know, relaxation and just interaction with them. They haven't seen them in a year or sometimes two years, depending on if they're doing military service or what have you not. But to me, it's like you need to have that person that is more so a feeling of understanding and they are starting to tell you sincerely your 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 goods, your bads, your in between, you know, they want the best to come out of you every time. 
They want to make sure you are not just doing well, but succeeding and being successful. They want you to, you know, excel and, 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 and bring out the best in yourself. And for those people that, you know, you want to be able to be on that level that you can be able to receive that and also give it. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You need to receive it and also be able to give it. So for me, like I said, friendship and also, which is, you know, God talking to, you know, you talking to God and also being able to have a good close confidant or someone you confide in and let them know what's going on. That that helps you to relieve a lot of stress. Exercise is really good tonight before after we ate. Me and my family went out to take a walk and and that helped us out a lot. And sometimes just being able to know that you have that certain level of just, you know, sometimes laughter, exercise, laughter, um, just picking up a good book to read. And the Bible is awesome. And then also at the same exact time, making sure that you are downloading some things in your in your memory bank. That is very profitable and also beneficial. And sometimes, you know, having different things that's going to be coming up. Like for me, I have different projects that I want to do that, you know, I have to sit aside and say, look, this is what I need to get done. Tasks that needs to be done and fulfilling those tasks and, you know, just, you know, having time to kind of sit down and realize, hey, Giving myself a break isn't isn't a hard thing, but we need to start cutting out the phones, TVs and just, you know, giving ourselves time time to just absorb what we have to absorb and then delete what we need to have to delete and then download everything else. Let me say that one more time. And let me be a little bit more specific when I say this is that the enemy will up overload us with so much information. It's like a computer. We can take on all much, all that data, all the stress, all of the anxiety, the pain, you know, heartache, um, misery, um, having, you know, so many different things coming at us at one time. And for instance, for me, you know, it was hard for me to do my podcast and then to find out that my aunt had passed away and then having to come, compound compound that with you know school and and um having to have so many different assignments due and then you know having to have you know during that time I also was videotaping myself you know doing different exercises because that to me it you know it balanced me out to the point that I I wanted to reach my goal so I was you know more it was you you have to understand that it you have to have a balance you have to have time to relax and then also at the same time you have to have time to sit there and just give yourself time to write down everything you need to do for me you know it may for myself it's like I have to work on the house and then I have to work on my education but also I need to make sure that I have a balance for myself i.e. going outside exercising or and eating healthier foods and you know seeing about different things like for my projects and my podcast and just different things to download into my mind and I know that people don't understand that but I wish that people would 
because that would help you not to die prematurely, not to have stress. And stress can cause, you know, a lot of people to have anxiety, um, anxiety disorders, um, attacks. Um, sometimes stress can cause you to have cancer. Sometimes stress can cause you to have, you know, uh, seizures to the point where your body is so, you know, imbalanced and your equilibrium is off that, you know, you become so hard on yourself and you don't want your eat overeat. Um, you will not, you know, you will feel depressed and, you know, you have start having more develop more mental disorders that is sometimes not even feasible for one person to control. So once you find that person that you can talk to, you know, do that. And also at the same time, like I said, exercise, journaling is a good thing. And, you know, just different things, even and and believe it or not, I do have, you know, Ami, which is my pet. And I would go outside. I would say, hey, Ami, let's go, you know, outside. And we would go walk or uh, play with her with a ball or kick or something like that. Basketball with my children. Just some things outside that because the weather is not so hot like it used to be and it's getting cooler, it helps me to kind of, you know, reconnect on so so many different levels with God and also myself and then also to be able to keep pouring into some pouring into people that such as yourself my listeners and then having myself to be able to go in and 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 put that back into myself just it's like pouring a cup cup of water and I'm pouring it out to you but then I need to be able to keep having my 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 cup being filled up and in order for me to fill it up to you and then at the same time I have a relationship with my children my husband and all these different relationships I have to be able to sit there and say look enough is enough I I have poured into this I poured into that now I need to come and and I need to receive for myself, I need to go back and give myself some some time to myself, whether it's reading, whether it is walking, whether it is something that I enjoy. And having that time makes it so much better for me as a as a wife, as a pastor, as a prophetess, as who a person I am, because and also a child of God. Because before anything else, I had a relationship with God. And to me, his relationship with me and him, that's 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 paramount. That's the center. If I get that center right, then everything else will fall into place. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. Once I get that center with God and me and our, our whole entire relationship builds and and gets stronger and stronger, everything else around me will be blessed and I wouldn't feel as though I am pulling yes sometimes we get pulled and we get this and this and this but my peace will stay my comforter is within me my whole hope is within me and I wouldn't be like you know I would be like a tree planted by the rivers of water you know and my fruit would go and prosper but I wouldn't be like the, you know, the shaft which the wind drive away. And you just, you know, flowing. And with the tree, it, even if the wind blows, it sways back and forth. 
and it doesn't move. It has deep roots. So to me, once you have that relationship with God, those are some deep roots that you need to be able to go in and facilitate and nurture and grow. Amen. And I hope that I'm not just talking to myself, but, you know, I want to dove back into that because later on, because I know that's very important, our mental, uh, our mental status, our mental way of thought, our thought process that helps us and it can hurt us because a lot of the things that we think can go to our heart and that can damage us in the long run. Now I'm going to get back on that, but I want to be able to sit there and I want to, let me talk about a few, a few more minutes with your thought process. God said, you know, you need to be careful what you think of yourself and what you say out of your mouth. Because you can, you can heal and also you can, you can, you can, you have life and death in your tongue. And when so I've, I've seen so many people say they have, you know, well, the doctor said I had this, but I know God is going to heal me. And even though they, the doctor said this, my prognosis is still God is going to be able to deliver me. No matter what the doctor says, it's what God says is more important because he is my chief physician. And I had to think about that. You know, sometimes as people, we don't realize how good we have it. We have, you know, our we have our health, our, you know, we have our children, we have our family members that love us. We have, you know, some of us can be able to sit there and have activities of our limbs, arms, legs. And even the ones that do not have that, you know, we have to be able to understand that sometimes we need to realize what we have is a blessing and we shouldn't take our health for granted. And I was, you know, looking at a lot of different posts sometimes on Facebook and one man was like, I wish that I had, you know, shoes. And he's then he saw someone that didn't have uh, feet. And then the one that was in the the um in the wheelchair was like, hey, I wish that I had, you know, this. And, you know, then um then the other person with the wheelchair saw someone that didn't have this or I didn't have eyes or what have you. And it's like, just be grateful for who you are and what God has given you. Amen. Through it all. We need to understand life and death is in our tongue and we need to be careful all the time. I tell myself I need to be careful what I say about myself and I have to when I think my thoughts, you know, God said we need to renew our minds daily and also at the same time, think yourself happy some days. Because sometimes I don't feel like to be in a certain atmosphere or what have you. And then God said, think yourself happy. Think yourself happy so that the situation can change, that the situation and everything around it can shift and you'll start seeing more and more what God is and who God is on today. Amen. I hope that helps someone. I am calling that. That's my inspiration pep talk to, you know, you, my listeners, as well as myself. I have to take some, take some of these things that I say for you to me also to heart. 
And I have to sit there and say, look, I think myself happy on today because I got to spend time with my children. I got to spend time with my husband. I got to spend time with the people that I love and also kind of, you know, joke and laugh a little bit, but also the same exact time. Think about how it was in the beginning and how it used to be in the past and just be grateful for what God has given us on today. Amen. Now, I'm going to go ahead and proceed into what we wanted to talk to about today. And very important that I'm going to say this is my topic is still we have the Bible to learn the lesson, not us be the lesson. And this is going to be part two. But there are other examples that are beneficial to Christians and non-believers to know who God is. And judges the Bible has to the Old Testament with great stories. Now, in the time of after Moses had been passed on and we have Deuteronomy and we were talking about how there was so many different things that was going on. And it was called to do, you know, perform Deuteronomy. And then you have so many, you have Joshua that comes in. And, you know, when Joshua comes in after Moses, because Moses, remember, he was already God had because of his disobedience. God had let him just to look at the promised land because he could not enter. So God was able to have Moses to pass away and he placed him somewhere himself. Okay. So that the angels and, or let me go back so that the enemy Satan would not use Moses's body as an idol. And even the archangel Gabriel had to sit there, if my memory serves me, please, and I will say the archangel, that he had to be able to sit there and he had to go through God's authority and the way that God dealt with Satan in order for him to keep Moses' body. Now, When we finish with that, yes, I know I got to go back over that too. That is something that I have learned just recently and it, it made sense. It made a whole lot of sense. That's why I said, I would say, you know, please, um, if it, if it wasn't, uh, the, I know it was an archangel, but let me just say this, that I don't remember the name and I will have to look that up. But I know for a fact that Satan wanted Moses's body in order for him to become an idol to the people. And I'm thankful and grateful that God was able through his archangel and God to do what was right for Moses and to let him rest. Now, I'm going to say this. Once he's done that, Then you're coming into after Joshua had been able to fight the bear of Jericho and all these different and conquer the land. And he was just excellent and believed God, you know, even through his faith. And it was just so 
a blessing that he stayed. I mean, his countenance was so young looking because he believed God, his faithfulness towards God was so true that when he went to rest with his fathers and we've, we found his, uh, we found his, uh, his resting place, him and his father, and it has been found recently. And then now you have in the book of Judges, I'm just giving you a brief synopsis, but I would like for you to go back. Like I said, grab your Bible, grab your notes if you have a journal and, you know, sit down and have pen or paper just to be able to come in and talk to God. And let's 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 just go through this. And I wanted to kind of get in the nitty gritty of Judges. And I love how judges, when God had no kings over the people, he appointed judges. And within these specific judges, there have been, like I said, great stories such as Samson and Delilah. And, you know, but I'm going to go back and I want to go and talk to them about not specifically now. And I love her. I have nothing against this, this, this mighty woman of God, but, um, I wanted to go back. We, we know if you have, you know, been in the church, but if you haven't, let's talk about, uh, Deborah and I'm not going to talk about Deborah, but I want to talk about how this woman of God, this upright woman of God has been able to speak the word of God and prophesize about another woman of God. Amen. So I wanted to go and delve into that because the children of Israel needed deliverance out of the hands of their enemy. And due to this person, she may have been a lesser character, but because even the lesser characters are just as important as the major characters. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Just because we don't hear anything else from the lesser character, that does not mean that they hold no, you know, insignificance. They have more significance, even the more and just as valuable as the ones that have been the major uh, players in the whole entire spectrum, the whole entire situation. So I want to go to Judges and I'm going into the fourth chapter. And this is the King James Version. And it says, first verse, and the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord when Ethu was dead. That was one of the the, uh, judges before Deborah. And second verse, and the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabon, king of Canaan, that reigned in Hazor. The captain of those hosts were Sisera, which dwelled in Horseth of the Gentiles. Verse 3, And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, for he had nine hundred chariots of iron. and twenty years he mightily opposed the children of Israel. Verse 4, Now, and Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lepidor, she judged Israel at that time. Verse 5, And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethal in the Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Now, do you understand 
that I love how they introduced Deborah because they were trying to give us and paint us a picture of what the Israelites were in. And because of the sin, God was able to allow them to go somewhere and do have the hands in Chabon, king of Canaan. And it, 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 you have to realize that we as human beings, you see, and I see that the Israelites, I mean, the whole entire, even in the new Testament, but in the old Testament, a lot of times they were always sinning. And I would get this from my children. Mama, haven't they learned their lesson yet? And I'm like, evidently not. They didn't learn any lessons from, you know, Genesis and through uh, Deuteronomy and into, you know, Joshua and now Judges. They have not at all learned their lesson. And to me, it, it speaks volumes of how God is very patient and slow to anger. But also at the same as that time, God was like, enough is enough. So when he handed them over to them and you saw the great cries and how they were being judged at that time, man, you, you have to honestly, you know, and Deborah being the prophetess and she was a wife, you, you gotta understand it, man, you know, it tears my heart apart when we do sin. Because you got to understand, it's like we're children and the children of Israel, like little five-year-olds, it seems like it. And they, every time they were getting in trouble doing this and doing that, and God was, you know, handing them over, handing them over because of their disobedience. And they didn't realize that the more we get it handed over, you know, as the Israelites, you know, we get punished because we've been sinning. And the more you get punished, the more God comes and he sits there and he gives you solutions of what you've been doing and what's your situation. And I feel as though, you know, when we're in sin, God, he doesn't stop calling. He doesn't stop, you know, telling us and waiting for us to come back home. I, I In my heart of hearts, I feel as though God still talks want to talk to us he he still wants to be around us but at the same time because we're sinning all of that sin he won't want to look on us he he wouldn't want the holy spirit the holy ghost to go and dwell within us and to me that that speaks volumes but let me i'm getting off of a tangent but i'm just trying to show you and, and tell you how how important it is to be in god's perfect will, not permissive will, but perfect will. If we're obedient, we eat the good of the land. But if we, we have, I mean, it's so many different, um, it's a whole chapter of blessings that will fall on you. And then there's a whole chapter of curses that will fall on you. If you don't be obedient to God. All right, let me go ahead and let me go back into this. And it says, verse five, and she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethal in Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. Verse six, and she sent and called Barak, the son of Asam, out of Kishta Nafal and said unto him, 
Have not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw towards Mount Tabor, and take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Nafal and the children of Zabom? Verse 7 And I drew unto thee to the river Kishon, Syria, the captain of Jabal's army, with his chariots his multitude, and I will deliver him into thine hands. Verse 8, And Bakrach said unto her, If thou wilt go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. Hmm. Do you understand that when he was Baruch, was sitting there and talking to the prophetess, Deborah, he was honestly saying that he wanted her to go with him. So that is a symbolism of God dwelling and going with him into battle. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. And Baruch said unto her, if thou wilt not wilt go with me, excuse me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. And in that way, even though this man commanded, I mean, the huge 10,000 army of God, he still wanted this woman, the prophetess, that was a symbol of God to go with him. And do you understand if it wasn't for Jesus coming down through 42 generations after this, that if it wasn't for him coming down and making the sacrifice, which was a human sacrifice, that was the highest sacrifice that he had bestowed upon us and letting us be able to bridge the gap between the sin that was going on from the first Adam and him becoming the second Adam. We are able to do eternal life because of him. Jesus is the reason for every season we have. And every thought, every life, every situation, every breath that we breathe is because he was able to give us the breath of life back because of who God is. Let me say that one more time for people. back. Let me be more pacific. If Jesus didn't come down and bend the sacrificial lamb that we needed at the time we needed it, do you understand that we were going backwards. And when he died, we we were able to sit there and document it. And so many people don't realize it. He was the first. That's why we went back to number one after he died. Y'all don't hear me though. Do you understand that we had so many AD, we had BC before Christ. AD is after his death. And they're trying to, you know, they're trying to scribble that out. But the time, as you can tell, the world was going backwards. And you have, you know, uh, 500 BC, you have, you know, 700 BC. But after Jesus died, he is the first known person that walked on this earth. That was God. Oh, oh my God. That was God in the flesh. That helped us to go back to him. And not only that, he conquered death and hell. 
and was able to bring his people, the ones that were in Abraham's bosom, out of hell and go and take them back to heaven and have the people that were out popping out of graves and walking into their in into their towns that god that that's his son that one okay so when i tell you if you know for a fact that you know jesus wasn't gonna go with you you wouldn't want to go nowhere with that, because he's a symbol of who God is. He's, he's the one that connected you back to God. So why would you not want to be going with him? Why would you not want to sit there and speak to, I mean, I would want to be in his presence every day. I, it's like Mary and Martha. Okay. And I thought about this and I was like, sometimes we can be like Martha. We want to rush around, get all these different things done. But Mary chose the best part because when Jesus came onto the scene, she set her butt down and she listened to him and she was able to soak up what Martha couldn't soak up because she was so confounded with what the world was saying well you gotta you gotta get this done and you know she even complained to Jesus and said you know paraphrasing why won't you make Mary help me I have all of these different things and he said don't don't uh Mary has has chosen the best part and that's what I'm saying is that we need to pause and we need to recognize who God is. And especially when God has that person, the significant one in our lives that takes a hold and, and is, a, is symbolic of who God is. And when he said that, it, I didn't, I didn't, I, you know, because you read it all the time. You read it, but then you don't go in and dig into it. And then the Holy Spirit shows you. Just how much symbolism who God is in the Old Testament. And they may not say his name straight out, but God is son is in the Old Testament from Genesis to Revelations. And it gives you more perspective once you go and you dig into there. You get those, you know, you dig down deep into the word of God. You don't sit there and just take the surface because I can sit there and I can read this all night. But if I don't have the surface, if I don't have the meat, if I don't dig down deep. I mean, it says in the Bible that God calls the deep to the deep and calls you to go deeper into the word. He calls you to, you know, read more and and, and pray more and fast more and meditate more and, and, and concentrate yourself and all these different things. But if you don't go deeper, if you don't go and see what's the Hebrew word for this or, or what's the Greek word for this or how can I apply this to my life, then what are we doing? What, what are we honestly sitting there and saying, wait a minute, hold up. I haven't been able to read my word like I'm supposed to. But then at the same exact time, do you understand once we start reading those words that once it says in the Bible that if you, you know, you study yourself, approve unto God, workmen need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Once you start digging into those, you start seeing what God is trying to show you in the scriptures. 
And and yes, you can read it once over. Go back and read it again and, and go back and read it again. And and God will show you every time once you read it, he'll come back and he'll say, wait a minute. Do you remember? And I have notes on this already on the side. And it says, you know, different. It says, you know, judging God will give you what you and your in you, you in your own place. And I was like, man, I remember when I, I remember when I took and, 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 and just write it down. And then I was like, okay, well, and then it says that God will go with you. If you, if you take steps towards him. And, and God will, if you take the step, if, if you're sitting there and saying, you know what, God, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of serving other guys. I'm tired out here, you know, doing what I want to do. I'm tired of serving somebody else. I just want to sit there and I want to be with you. Do you understand once you start, you know, confessing, I'm sorry that I did this. God come into my life. Will you come in and, you know, give him that opportunity, give him that chance into your life. He makes that opportunity come wide open for you. And then at the same time, he changes you, not just when you sit there and you do the confessions and, you know, you, you ask for forgiveness. You, that's like day one training camp right there. That means you need to start keeping your heart and your mind on him. You need to start sitting up there and whatever you had, I don't care if you were addicted to pills or, or people or whatever you had, what was your sin? God was like, you know what? I'm going to start working on you so much so that you're going to give it up. You're you're not going to have a desire to have it in your mouth anymore, or you're not going to have a desire to smoke that joint or, or whatever you were doing or be around this person or be around this woman or man. You would only desire one person. And I mean, I don't know about you or whatever your personal sin is, but if you make that attempt, if you make that step in the right direction, God will go with you. And because Baruch sat there and said, you know what? If you go, I'm going to go. But if you ain't going to go, why am I going to go? Because guess what? If, if you are supposed to be the symbolism of who God is for me, and I want to be obedient, you need to come with me. I don't need to be sitting up here and saying, well, you know, you go ahead and go and I'm going to stay right here. No, uh, no. And I would do the same thing. I'm like, no, uh, I, I'm not going out there and fight something when I know for a fact I need to take you with me because guess what? You're supposed to be able to sit there and you are the symbol of who God is. That's the characteristic of who God is in my life. No, I, I need you to come with me. And once we start realizing that, hey, I don't want to move without you, God. I don't want to do anything without you. I don't want to marry this person without your your consent. I don't want to have these children without your consent. I don't want to do anything else without your consent. I don't even want to make this amount of money without your consent. Not without you being a part of it. And when we start getting God into that connection into our way of life, And knowing that it's because he's just, he is, he's the one that's been taking care of you. The voice and the, the breath that you bring in not Paneo, that part, when you have children and you have food on your plate and you got shoes on your feet and you have clothes on your back. That's what I'm talking about. When you sit there and you know for a fact that 110, 110 
That's God. That ain't no like, oh, well, let me go. No, that ain't, that ain't no, Satan ain't giving me this. God's giving me this. All that I have is God's. And I should be able to sit there and say, I'm going to trust you. I got to sit back and I'm going to trust you. But I'm going to make sure that you can come with me. Every door that I go through, and I say this to myself, every door that I go through, every opportunity, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to give it to you. Every time that I'm preaching, I'm giving it to you, God. Every time that I'm going somewhere, that's you. Every time that I'm, I'm, every time that my heart and my mind and my soul is out there, it's you. It's not nobody else. I don't care what nobody says. God gave me breath in my body. God was able to be with me. Just like Jeremiah said, God knew me. God knew us, paraphrasing, in the womb. God knew me in the womb. In my mother's womb, that's what Jeremiah said, paraphrasing. So why am I not going to take him with me into battle? Why am I not going to take him into warfare? Why am I going to sit there and, and, and let him stay in one place? No, I'm going to make the first step to God and then he's going to keep going with me. I'm not going to sit there and I'm, I'm not going to be stagnant. I'm not going to sit there and just leave him right there in another placement because, oh, I got my education and, oh, I got, I got money here and I got a house and I got a car and all this other stuff. No, I'm not. No, I'm not leaving God. I don't want to ever leave God. I don't want to ever leave God. I want every time that my heart and my mind and my soul goes and does what he tells me to do whether I am on impromptu didn't even know I was supposed to go that way or he just he ordained it to go as such I need to take him with me I need to take the Holy Spirit with me I need to make sure that I'm covered underneath the blood of Jesus I need to make sure because I'm telling you right now we're going into a level where you better make sure that you taking God with you and you live in it. You ain't just out here. Oh, well, this person is like this behind closed doors. But then, you know, when she preaches here, no, I don't want to be like that. I don't, I don't want to be fake and phony. I want to be 110 when you see me. If you meet me, I don't want to be somebody fake and phony because that's not going to help you. That's not going to help me. We need to get into the kingdom of God. And we're supposed to be able to help each other to do that. Now, let's go back into this. All right. So verse nine, and she said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor. Listen to what he's, listen to what the Bible is saying. Let me go back. And she said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor. For the Lord shall sell Syria into the hands of a woman. And Deborah arose and went with Baruch to Kenish. Verse 10. And Baruch called Zilbon and Nepal to Kish. Kedish. And he went up with 10,000 men at his feet. And Deborah went up with him. Verse 11, now Herbal the Kenite, which 
was of the children of Hobah, the father-in-law of Moses, had served himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent unto the plains of Zanam, which is by Kadesh. Verse 12, and they showed Syria that Baruch, the son of Amnal, was gone up to Mount Tabor. Verse 13, and Syria gathered together all his chariots, even 900 chariots of iron, and all the people that were with him. From Harold, sheep of the Janites, unto the river of Kishon. Verse 10, And Deborah said unto Baruch, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Syria unto thy hands. Is not the Lord gone out before them? So Baruch went down from Mount Terrell, and 10,000 men after him. Here we go. Verse 15, And the Lord discomforted Syria, and all of his chariots, and all of his hosts, with the edge of the sword before Baruch, so that Syria lightened down off his chariot and fled away on his feet. Verse 16, But Baruch pursued after the chariots and after the hosts unto horsesight of the Genites, and all the hosts of Syria fell upon the edge of the sword, and there was not a man left. Verse 7, 17. How be if Syria fled away on his feet to the tent of Jaul, the wife of Hebron the Kenite? For there was peace between Jabin, the king of Hezron, and the house of Habor, the Kenite. All right, let's pause right there. Now, I wanted to let you know that you saw in the battle that God gave the battle to Baruch, and he was able to go through prophetess Deborah telling him, you have the victory in this you know, battle. Have, you know, God not given it to you. And I love how she was able to speak volumes and be able to encourage him and let him know that this is of God. And no man was able to get away from that battle. No one was left. And at the same time, now you're starting to see where they are starting to have one of the kings. Pretty much he had gotten away. But I was like, you starting to see a new character come in. And I was looking up her name and it was uh, Jay Hula. And it means mountain goat. And she's the wife of the Hebron, the Kenite. And the slayer of the Syria, of a Kenan commander. And I love how she, her name means mountain goat, which is tough. And you see some of these mountain goats. If you haven't, let me kind of describe it to you. 
A mountain goat has tough skin. Rather, they have uh, tough hooves, so much so that they're split and that they can be able to either jump or leap through different mountain ranges. And their coat is so refined that the elements can't even go in it and discomfort them because they've been so landlocked from the moisture and the exposure of all of the elements. And I thought about how when she said that her name was Mountain Goat, it means Mountain Goat, man, that woman had to be a bad woman. <laughs> just to, uh, she must have been just like Prophetess Deborah. And her ways, we're going to get into it. I mean, I just thought that, you know, us being women, we sometimes think that staying home with the kids and, you know, taking care of the household. And, you know, I thought that we can, you know, because of society, is always, hey, you need to be outside, you need to be working outside the home, you don't need to be inside, you know, unless you have the children, what have you. And, you know, they would, you know, because society would make you look down in yourself. But when I read this, it gave me so much hope because a lot of women have to be able to go outside and also work around the house, the yard, all of these different things. But also at the same exact time, some of them are rooted and grounded, you know, with their households. And, you know, sometimes I thought that, you know, that's kind of like lame. Hey, I don't want to be this. I want to. But then God was telling me, I need you to be able to be where your children where your husband and I'm not like I said if God has you to have a position outside the home more than um anything God bless you I have nothing against that because I was doing that at the same time I was working as a substitute teacher you know um and also making sure that my children and also making sure that my homework and my household and my husband I was doing all that so when I had the chance to stay home for this time right now is to help take care of my children, help take care of the things that I needed surrounding this household. You know, I felt like I felt bad. And I was like, well, God, you know, you see how I feel. And when I read this, I give myself so much relief when I read it because she was being faithful to her husband and she was doing what she usually does. She was taking care of the household, tending to the goats, you know, tending to things that she needed to tend to. And I feel as though we need to stop sitting up here and condemning what God has ordained for women to be whether it's in the household or whether they are you know having um income or a job positions outside the household in order for them to help provide for the family let me say that one more time for people in the back stop condemning the women that are staying home and either doing what needs to be done in the household or they have to go and you know get uh positions um that will be able to help sustain their families that I wish that people would stop putting society 
would stop sitting up there and labeling us as women and and stop sitting there and saying, well, this is bad. This is good. And and you see, God has been able to provide and whatever God has provided and that her that is her role, then that's what God has given her. Now, I feel like this one helped me out a lot because to me, you have to sit there. Sometimes God will sit there and let you leave things that needs to be able to be not addressed yet that God will sit there and say, hey, I need you here. I don't need you here right now. I need need you back over here so I can be able to so you can hear from me so you won't have so many distractions. So, so you don't have, you have the regular, yeah, my, you have the regular things that you need to do, but then I can sit there and I can call you and we can have a discussion. Y'all don't hear me though. Y'all don't hear me. And then you sit there and you like, wait, wait a minute. I was doing this. I was doing that. But then God was sitting there and say, no, I need you here. I I don't need you over there. I, I need you right here. And, and, and also at the same exact time, God needs women also in the workplace as well as the household. He needs us to be able to be the light in all different types of places and situations. And we need to be able to sit there and say, okay, God, you have me where I need to be right now and not feel bad about that. Not let society make you feel bad about that. Not let the enemy, which is Satan, make you feel bad for something that God told you, hey, I need you here right now. And and know that I have it in your benefit. In your way of being able to sit there and say, you know what? I trust you, God. So now I need to start making plans with you, whether I'm in the household or whether I'm working. God is being able to take care of you. And whether you are a single lady or a family woman, a woman of God that is in the household with their with the family. Do you understand God places you in different positions in different situations? And you shouldn't feel bad about where God places you. Amen. All right. Let's go back into this because this was when they said mountain goat. I said, man, this is a bad woman. <laughs> and I know you don't hear it, but I like that pun. But um, let's go back now. Verse. Where did we go off on? Excuse me. At verse 18. All right. And Jael went out to meet Syria and say unto him, turn in my Lord, turn into me, fear not. And when he had turned into her into the tent, she covered him with a mantle. Okay. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Verse 19. And he said unto her, give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him drink and covered him. Now, during this time, she's covering him with a mantle and a mantle at that time is a garment that is supposed to protect you from the elements. All right. And I love how she gave him also. Let's go back into 19. And he said unto her, give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink for I am thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him drink and covered him. Milk at that time, especially if it was getting from goat milk, is really rich and very flavorful. And also at the same exact time, goat's milk is very, very, very rich in texture. And also it helps you with your skin tone. And I mean, this stuff is good. 
I, I mean, bar none. Cow milk is awesome, but goat's milk, that's like the bee's knees <laughs> for them and for us also. All right, so verse 20. And again, he said unto her, stand in the door of the tent and it shall be when any man doeth come and inquire of thee and say, is there any man here that thou shalt say no? So he's encouraging her to lie about where he's at. Now, oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Do you understand that? What is taking place is that he has been able to leave from the battle and then sit there and try to be able to hide out with someone that he thought would benefit them. But see, God has other plans. All right, let's let's go down. Let's go down. So it says in verse 21, when Jael, Hebron's wife, took a nail of the tent and took a hammer in her hands and went softly unto him and smote the nail into his temples and fastened it to the ground for he was fall asleep and weary so he died listen <laughs> listen when god tells you and i i was like wow i said wow do you understand? He sat there and said for her to lie of what he's been doing. And apparently God in his infinite wisdom told her what was going on. And do you understand that this mountain goat, which is this woman, that's what her name was named, Jael. This woman went and took one of the nails of the tent. And then took a hammer in her hand and went softly unto him because he was already asleep. Now, went and went and took that nail and hit it over his head and went into his skull, killing him because he was already asleep. Y'all, that's that's diabolical. God was like, whoa, well, y'all. Now, verse 22, <laughs> as Baruch's pursued Siva, Jael came out to meet him and said unto him, come and I will show thee the man whom thou seekest. And when he came into her tent, behold, Syria lay dead and the nail was in his temples. Verse 23. So God subdued on that day, Jabin, the king of Canaan before the children of Israel. All right. And 24 verse and the hand of the children of Israel prospered and prevailed against Jobin, the king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jobin's king of Canaan. Y'all, do you hear what happened? Even though she was just a minor or lesser character. Doesn't mean that don't despise. And I keep hearing in my head, God says, do not despise my small beginnings. Do not despise your small beginnings in God. They're great. When, when you're doing it in God, I mean, the smallest one things that you do with God, it becomes huge. I remember when I was 10 or 11, just going and 
going through the Bible and consuming the Bible and, and going in and, and getting the concordance from my stepfather and reading through the word of God and, and then going back and regurgitating it and then going back and reading it and then coming back and then trying to be able to uh, get answers and my answers may be wrong, but at least I'm trying to find out what is the right answers and trying to be able to understand why God is who God is and why he had this to happen the way it did. Because sometimes we as people, and, and this taught me that, you know, we don't know how God is going to be able to solve it. God has God can be able to surprise us and ultimately solve it all. And we wouldn't even know how we, we don't even know. And, and to me, I don't want to know. Honestly, I'm grateful that God was able to deliver the Israelites, but it was just a brilliant way of God doing it because it wasn't in, you know, I, I like how it wasn't. And so in the um, Bible, it has it where it's not in the, you know, in the storm and it's not in the rain and it's not in the thunder and it's not in the, the, the wind. And it wasn't in all of that, but it was just God had came in a whisper. And sometimes we need to understand God comes in different forms and the victory can be one way. So we thought, but the prophetess Deborah already forsook and saw that it was going to be a hand of a woman. And that's okay. Now you can go back and read, you know, chapter five and how they, you know, praise um, the prophetess Deborah and Baruch and how they were able to, you know, praise them and all these different matters and everything else. But what I love how, you know, they also included, you know, Jael, the mountain goat, the woman that was her name meant mountain goat. And just how God was able to deliver the people of Israel. And it may have not been, you know, for some people, a big victory. But to me, it's like God is in the little details. God comes in the big, huge booms. And then sometimes God comes in a whisper. And with this woman, I mean, she was faithful. She did what she was supposed to do. But it was just the fact that, man, we don't know how God is going to deliver us, but he does deliver us. And even if my whole entire, you know, body is gone and my soul is going to him, I know this body is just, this is just to keep my soul. But, you know, I know that, God has that part of me where it's the body and the soul. That's the only person I should fear is him. So if he does have the enemy to take me, take my life, that means that he wanted me home. And I love how God, honestly, I mean, this was so good. I mean, this was just one of the different stories that we don't, we know about Deborah. We know about how she's a prophetess and her she's she's a she's a wife and she she's a awesome woman of God and that Baruch, he's an awesome man in war and of God. 
So to me, it was like, you know, this is like the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. It was the trifecta. It was like, you know, you got the prophets, Deborah, and then you had Baruch, and then you had Jeral. And and you never, you never hear these, these type of stories. And I like how God shows us that if we're faithful to him, that, you know, we eat the good of the land and it may have been, you know, savage how he went out, but how he lived was even, that's how he lived. And with that, God helped me to understand in this point is that we need to first trust God. And also as a prophetess, we need to make sure we're hearing from God and that is accurate. And that when you give it to the people, you're not giving it to them off on you. No, you're giving it on behalf of God. You are his mouthpiece. And to me, I mean, even with Baruch, I mean, he could have sat there and said, oh, this is just a woman. This is a prop. No, that's the thing. When a prophetess or prophet spoke. It was nine times out of 10 is to tell you what's going on. And also at the same exact time, clean your mess up. I mean, we, I don't know about you, but you know, we should live in a time where you don't even want to see a prophet or a prophetess coming your way because they don't bring, well, you're going to be successful. This and this is no, they, they bring in, this is what God said. You need to get right. You need to, you know, they need, they will ramshack you and tell you the truth but also be able to help you to heal and get you ready for what you need to be doing. And I love how this, this story, oh my God, it just makes me think. It makes me think of just how we can be able to take the position that God has given us and do his will and his purpose. And we need to rise up. And each one of those characters Prophetess Deborah, Baruch, and Jael, all of them came in and made play what God has told them to do. And do you see if we are obedient to God and we do what God says do, not what the enemy says do, but what God says to do, we eat the good of the land. Now, if you don't know who God is in your life, let me tell you something. Going to Romans 10, 9, and 10. 10th chapter, 9th verse, and then 10th, and then going down to the 13th verse. We need to first confess our sins, and I'm going to do this paraphrasing. And also at the same, believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ raised from the dead. That if we believe and we also confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. But also at the same time, God has no, you know, particular first person. There, you know, he loves the, the, the Jews as well as the Greeks. And I'm just paraphrasing, but he loves us all Gentiles, whether you're Gentile or Jew Gentiles is the ones that are not, uh, not the children of Israel, not the chosen people, but he accepted us also when Jesus died on the cross, he accepted us into his family where we becomes sons and daughters of his. And we need to take that seriously. We, we definitely need to be taken and applying this word to our lives. Like I said, it's just step one. Now, I thank you for listening. And if you like what you have heard thus far, please follow and subscribe. 
And also be able to find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon, Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, and other major platforms such as YouTube. If you enjoy what you've been able to see from this podcast, please leave a five-star rating. Give us some questions and comments if you want to be able to reach us. Let us know come for more people and more content to come out even some suggestions that you would like to know about the word of god amen and if you do have anything else we to find me it will be on facebook at it is written l-a-t-o-n-y-a-u-l-l-o-a once again it is it is written l-a-t-o-n-y-a-u-l-l-o-a And also at the same exact time, we're going to have a little bit more coming up as content. And also we're going to see about um, having um, uh, websites coming up a little bit more. Some things coming up uh, soon and 2024 is coming. So we need to start getting our hearts and our, our minds ready. But I'm just letting you know, these are the lessons that God let me know in the Bible that we need to be learning. And not us be the lesson. Because, I mean, if we're so disobedient all the time, then how is God going to be able to bless us? And like I said, there are a huge amount of a chapter of where God blesses us because of our obedience. And then there is another chapter that that's right after that one that's saying about the curses. And how our whole entire mindset our whole entire being our whole entire finances family children everything we have and hold is because we're going to be blessed or either be cursed and that trust me you need to understand god is not playing with us and we need to be able to do what thus says the lord amen i am so grateful and thankful i want to say also Congratulations, because you have helped me to reach 900 um, people, listeners on this podcast. I am elated. I mean, this has been an awesome time in God to the ones that have just started my people of the podcast, the first ones that's been listening to me. Thank you so much to the ones that have been faithful uh, to listen to me. I mean, from day one and sometimes in between, I appreciate you. I, I cannot honestly, I had to honestly say, thank you, Lord, from the bottom of my heart. I just thought that this podcast was not where it was supposed to be, but God keeps showing me, telling me, instructing me, um, pushing me to do what he says to do. So I can't do anything but sit there and say, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the 900 um, listeners. Thank you, Lord, for just being able to be in this podcast every day with me, having the Holy Spirit and your anointing to come through this, this, this whole entire voice of mine to be able to sit here in gratitude and thankfulness of all that he has done for me and my family. And I just want to say thank you for all my listeners 
whether you're just now coming in or you're just now discovering me or just now understanding how pivotal it is to know the word of God. Because right now the word of God is like water. And when I say that is because it's a lack of oxygen going on right now. Let me say that one more time for people in the back. It is like water now. And because we don't hear the word of God, the in its authenticity, in its uniqueness, in its, in its original state, God's word has become so an oasis, such a an oasis where you can get water when you're thirsty. And I truly believe that every time that you read your word, that you go in and you talk to God about things, that the way that we are, surely that we get to have this living water every day because the word of God is a living, it's a living substance for us. It's active and it's supposed to be active in our lives. And if we don't take this word of God and apply it to our lives, we are missing out on what God is telling us to do and how our instructions to him before we leave here is is vital and and we need to be living this out. And that's why I said when God put it on me that we have the Bible to learn the lesson and not us be the lesson. I mean, for me to be obedient, like prophetess, Deborah to be obedient like bro to be obedient like Jael. When you're obedient, you see that God comes in, and He battles for you, He conquers. And you may not see it, the end result, but it's always gonna be an aha, wait a minute, hold up, God, that was you. And 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 and, and you get that aha moment, like, man, he came through. But I wasn't thinking like this. And God's give you those surprises at the end. You just hold on. Be faithful and do what God says do. And I know we're going to have more, um, more, but also too at the same time, like I said, keep God first. Whatever you do, keep him first and he will order your steps. Order your steps in the word, order your steps in your life, order your stuff with your children, your spouse, your finances, everything you do, order, have God to order them. All right. And it has been my pleasure. Like I said, 900 listeners, Lord, he is the author and the finisher of my faith. And I cannot do this. Just like Baruch said to prophetess Deborah, if you don't go, I'm not going. But if you go, I'm going to go. And I want to take God international. And I want to take him where no one may have heard him. But I want to take the word of God. And I want to take the way that God has been loving on me to the masses. And we should do the same. Amen. Thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. It has been my pleasure. Kanom samida. Anyong.